friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Tykemiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hello, and welcome to episode number one of Deeper Life. (laughs) I can't even believe that I'm saying that out loud. Wow. Uh, Episode one, how did we get here? (laughs) This is so exciting. First off, thank you so much for listening. This is like, it means the world to me to have you here, especially this early on in the journey. So I am very grateful for you. And I kind of asked this question just a couple seconds ago. It was like, how did we get here? And something I find myself asking myself in good and bad times is, how did we get here, Alexis? And it's something that gives me the ability to stop and reflect on how did I get here? And I feel like it's pretty rare that we stop and really embrace the present moment long enough to process how we actually got there. And for me, getting here, recording the first episode of the Deeper Life podcast, whew, sorry, I'm like, my heart is beating. <laughs> um, I feel like there are, are a lot of moments, many moments in my life that have really led up to this specific moment, releasing this podcast, really putting out the first real thing in the world that feels like exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know if you have ever felt like there has, it's almost like you've been in quicksand a lot of your life and you feel like there are a lot of things weighing you down. Things are taking a lot longer than you would have hoped they would have. And maybe you're taking longer to heal, longer to process. And it just kind of feels like you're constantly like sinking farther and farther down into life. And it's hard for you to get that momentum to take a step out of the quicksand, shake your legs free and start to walk again. And I feel like that's been me for about the last year and a half. And it's kind of funny because I feel like my whole life leading up to now, I've been searching for a place to explore the depths of relationships and trauma and self-reflection and grief and mental illness and a lot of other things. And I realized that it wasn't really something that I could always read in a book or take a course on, listen to a podcast episode on. It was something that I had to learn over time. I had to learn how to take myself out of that quicksand and shake my legs free on my own. And of course, there were things I've learned along the way that helped me do that. But sometimes it just genuinely took life experience to be able to get myself out of it. And I feel like that's the unique place I find myself in right now. And I'm definitely still learning, but it feels good to walk, friends. (laughs) It feels good to walk again in a way that feels really freeing and unapologetic. And here we are. Here we are. Um, So 
to take a few steps back and give some context, this podcast idea came to me when I was sitting on my front porch, my front stoop, um, outside my little yellow brick house in Nashville, Tennessee, spring of 2018. So no joke, two years ago, yeah, about two years ago to right now, this podcast idea came to me and it's funny because I was sitting on my front stoop. Um, there's this huge, massive oak tree. I swear it was like 200 years old. And the house I had lived in at the time, don't don't live there now, but it was about 80 years old, the house. So the very, very, very old tree. And I would always go outside and sit underneath my front stoop and just look up at the tree. And I would see, you know, either clouds peeking through or the blue sky peeking through or the sun peeking through sometimes. And I remember it being a really clear blue sky day and the sun was peeking through the um, the leaves and branches of this massive oak tree. Got to be at least a couple centuries old. And this idea came to me of literally the, the words deeper life popped into my head. And it was like the name, the podcast thumbnail idea, the format of the show, it all kind of rushed into my head all at one time. And things like that don't really happen to me very often. I don't know about you. If you have things like that happen to you where they just come to you, kudos to you because that's amazing. But I feel like a, a lot of times I mull over things and I'm like, what's my next step? What should I do? And this just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um and I didn't really know what to do with it because immediately after I had the idea, imposter syndrome started creeping in. And I told myself, oh, well, Alexis, you're not a therapist. You can't talk about vulnerability. You're not a psychiatrist. You can't talk about mental illness. Um, you know, you're not Brene Brown. You're not like, insert every reason why at the moment I felt like I wasn't the right person to do it or I was so scared of just not doing it the right way or <laughs> in my mind, I was not qualified. And to be honest, I'm still scared. I'm scared right now recording this. <laughs> I'm going to be scared the day this goes live just because I think that's when things are really close to us and we feel like this might just be what changes my life. It's terrifying when you get to the point where you're like, I think I'm going to give this a shot. And I think subconsciously our fear comes up and it says, mm, no, <laughs> you're not ready. And it gives you a lot of different excuses and a lot of different reasons why you shouldn't do it. And I finally allowed myself the permission to explore what it would look like if I did do something like this. I did release a podcast about vulnerability and exploring you know, deeper relationships with myself, deeper relationships with the people I love in my life, and then have conversations with people I love and respect and see how they have a deeper life too. And I just allowed myself to go down that path of what would that just look like? Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not committing to doing it, but what would it look like? And I think the same thing can be said for anything that you're wanting to try or do or learn about yourself is just asking yourself a very safe question of, hmm, what would that look like for me? And there's something about that that doesn't feel too scary because you're just allowing yourself to be curious. You're not necessarily committing to it and saying, I'm going to do this, but you're giving yourself space to, to really unpack and see if it's something that is 
for you. So yes, it took me two years to get here, but here we are, fam, and we're just finding our flow as we go. And I think that it could be easy for me to look back at the last two years of not doing the podcast and really pursuing um, growing a community of people who were really chasing after a vulnerable, deeper life. And I could look back at the last two years of not doing it and feel a lot of shame or be embarrassed or, you know, have negative self-talk about, oh, well, Alexis, you you should have done it because you could have been XYZ, like whatever the reason is. And I think it's really important for us friends to look back at the time it took us to get to where we are and be really, really thankful for that time because it it allowed us to process and heal and get to where we are now. And so basically what, what I'm saying is I wasn't ready to do it two years ago. For some reason, emotionally, whatever it was, I wasn't ready to do it. And here I am now doing this. And I think that it's really, really easy for us to fall into those mental traps of saying, you know, I, I'm not good enough or I am not the right person to do this. And that just doesn't always have to be the case because it's not the case. We choose what we give our power to. And if you decide to have that positive outlook and say, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go, you'll be shocked at what could happen because I feel like, again, kind of shaking that quicksand uh, loose I'm able to get a lot of momentum more than I've had in two years because over the last year and a half specifically, I've struggled a lot with anxiety and depression. And when you get in seasons of dark depression, um, finding your feet again is so hard. I mean, it's more than hard. It feels impossible. Um, Some days, like just to get out of bed feels like... um, an impossible task and let alone accomplishing a goal or a dream that you've had for a really long time. And so to be here, um, you know, it's, it feels good to celebrate that. And for me, I also knew that I wasn't ready to start this journey and to, to start this podcast about vulnerability because two years ago I was really focused on myself and in a, in a negative way, in a way that I had all my values out of whack. And, you know, I was a travel blogger and working with tourism boards and really focused on content and really focused on a curated life. And I had lost sight of building, not even building, but fostering connections with people that were already in my life. Um, it was hard for me at the time to be a good friend because I was so focused on my own schedule or it was hard for me to, you know, answer my parents' phone calls because I thought I was too busy and I was prioritizing, you know, I was prioritizing busyness and being important and having cool pictures on Instagram and trying to be relevant in the online business world. And I was prioritizing all of those things over connection with the people I loved. And it actually took me losing someone in the fall of 2018, losing one of my uh, dear friends. Her name's Abby, and uh, she died very unexpectedly. And it took me losing her um, and really experiencing grief and loss for the first time 
for me to actually wake up. And at that point in my life, I was 25 and was just focused on building, you know, my career and, you know, whew, I'm, I'm getting a little bit emotional about this, um, which is okay. I'm going to feel that and I'm going to let that, um, I'm going to let that soak in. But it took me losing someone to realize that I, I really wasn't living this life of vulnerability that I thought I was because I wasn't making time to want one connect with myself and acknowledge my needs and acknowledge the fact that I was weary. And, um, when, after Abby passed, I took three weeks and didn't do anything, canceled all of my, like canceled everything, trips, meetings, um, work, and just allowed myself to grieve. And not that you can grieve in three weeks because you can't. (laughs) And, you know, I'm still grieving. It's something that doesn't go away. But I needed that pause to think through what's next for me? Like, how do I even, one, how do I process this? And what does life look like after loss? And one of my core beliefs is that everything is connected. And as much as I literally sometimes cannot stand this phrase, I do know that everything does happen for a reason because at my core, I believe that there are no coincidences and everything and everyone um, are connected in some way. And I just believe that there is a bigger purpose for everything that happens in life. And so I operate and make decisions um, and create relationships from that place of, and I heal from that place too. It, it actually allows me to heal, I wouldn't say quicker, but it, it gives me purpose with that healing of knowing that, you know, this, this, um, although I cannot make, I cannot make meaning from losing, losing Abby or losing someone. I can make meaning from, from my grief and, and what I learned from it. And I think that this is hard. (laughs) I'm not even going to edit that out. (laughs) It's fine. I'm just going to keep it in. Um, So recently I've been doing some research with, not with, but on David Kessler. And he wrote a book on finding meaning from grief. And I feel like this podcast and this journey that I'm about to embark on with you and, and with my community is is this. This is my meaning. And I'm, I'm making meaning from almost two years of mental illness. And I'm making meaning from grief. And I'm making meaning from you know, trying to dig deeper into the layers of myself and into the layers of my relationships with others. And so here we are. And over the last four or five weeks now of quarantine, wow, what a crazy life that we're all living right now. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I was really processing how this podcast have has been on my mind for almost two years, and I have been still so scared to start it. And I knew that the now was the time. And a couple of weeks ago, my husband asked, you've been talking about launching this podcast for a long time. Give me a date. What's the date this is going to release? And I actually really needed that because sometimes we need those pushes of people being like, okay, I hear you talking about this and I want that for you and I support you in that. And when are you going to do it? And so I, I respond well to challenges like that. But I think that we have a really unique opportunity right now in our current world climate to pause 
and really reflect on what parts of normal we want to bring back to our lives after quarantine is over. You know, we this is not our new normal. It's just our current reality. But we we don't want to I don't think we should run back to a normal without really reflecting what pieces of that normal we we truly want to be a part of our everyday lives. For me, it's recognizing the continued importance of embracing vulnerability and and recognizing how vulnerability can enrich my life and enrich your life um, in the relationship that you have with yourself and how you feel and love yourself and also the relationship that you have with other people. And so I kind of want to walk through three core encouraging pieces of advice for embracing vulnerability. And they're, so they are action-oriented and you can focus these specifically on yourself right now. Um, I think that, of course, being vulnerable with other people is important in a practice that uh, if you're in a safe place and you really trust someone to be vulnerable with them, then 100% continue exploring that journey between you and that person. But the, the ones I'm going to share with you today are really focused on that vulnerable journey with yourself. And I think a, a lot of times it's easy for us to focus on being vulnerable with other people before we're actually vulnerable with ourselves. And it's easy for me to open up to a friend about something I'm struggling with more than it, than it, and it's much harder for me to sit down and really dig in on how I'm processing something or how I'm not processing something or not healing something. And it's almost like I look to be vulnerable with others as a distraction of being vulnerable with myself. So these three core actions are focused on embracing vulnerability from within. So the first one is waking up your power. So I am a firm believer in the fact that we decide what we give power to. And give yourself permission to lean into the power of vulnerability in the way that it can transform your life. If vulnerability is not easy for you, which it's really not easy for me. It's something that I constantly have to work at and and honestly fight for. I have to internally, like my dialogue sometimes, my internal narrative, I have to fight for that vulnerable side of my heart and my soul to come out. It's hard. And I have to give power to that connection with myself and with others in those vulnerable moments, recognizing that those moments with myself are bridge builders, you know, and whenever you give power to doubt and negativity and ego and you give that power and it says, no, you don't need to connect with someone. They're going to think X, Y, Z of you, or no, you don't need to sit down and journal and process. You just need to stay busy. You just need to pick up your phone. You just need to spend more time on your screen. You just need to spend more time doing X, Y, Z and not actually focused on your own feelings and your own needs. And when you give power to that voice, that can be really dangerous for you because before you know it, you look up and you kind of ask yourself that question, how did we get here? And it, you recognize, oh, I'm not as close with people as I thought I was, and I'm not as vulnerable with myself and as connected with my own needs as I thought I was. And so kind of shaking up, again, that quicksand and waking up that power of vulnerability and recognizing in the back of your head, kind of lifting up that subconscious into your consciousness of the fact that 
vulnerability is really powerful and it doesn't have to be this scary web of like, I don't know how to navigate this. So the second one, so the first one was wake up your power. The second one is open your heart. And this kind of sounds cheesy, but it's something that when I really think about the word open and like palms faced out towards the sky, like resting out in front of you just right now, actually, as you listen to me, just take a moment and take both of your palms and raise them up to where your elbows are about 90 degree angle and open them towards the sky. And that's just like, feels like a powerful feeling. It's saying your posture is saying, I am ready. I am receptive to whatever comes my way. I don't have to hold on to it, but I am receptive to it. I am open to what it could teach me. And I think that's something with vulnerability that when you have an open heart, you can give and receive vulnerability in a way that is really special and that can really teach you something unique about yourself and someone else. Because you are the gatekeeper to your own heart and mind. And it'll be really hard to connect with your truth if you close the door as soon as things get hard or uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that. So it can be really hard to connect with your truth if you close the door as soon as things get hard or uncomfortable. How often have has someone been vulnerable with you or you've been vulnerable with someone else or even yourself that when things get a little bit uncomfortable and you don't quite know how to respond or someone doesn't know how to respond to your vulnerability, you're like, mm, closing the gate, never going to do that again. I'm closing my palms, I'm putting them in my pocket, and I'm going to cement them into my pockets and never let them out ever again because that was so uncomfortable. And I think it's like really important for us to recognize that it's, it is an evolution. It is not something that you just arrive at one day and it's, it's really easy and smooth. Being vulnerable with yourself and others requires that openness. And when you have that opened mind, heart, and spirit, where you're just really receptive, that that's not a place of judgment. That's a place of saying, I am willing to receive and I am willing to be open to whatever comes my way. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to try to control it. I'm just going to let it run through and run its course. And by staying open, the, well, the more that you are conscious of staying open and not being defensive and not being judgmental, the easier it is for you to stay open. And there actually are, are two books I would recommend about this openness. Um, one is really more centered towards your stream of consciousness and unconsciousness and staying open. And that's called The Untethered Soul. Incredible book. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. And then the other one that's more business focused and it, it focuses on your mind and your your core internal voice being quote unquote the judge. And then it talks through all the different saboteurs that keep you from being your best self. And that one's called positive intelligence. And I'll link both of those up in the show notes for you. Um, but they're both really solid books about recognizing when you're 
sabotaging your own self and when you are being defensive and closing down or slash judging yourself or others. Hard read <laughs> at times because it's, you know, it makes you feel really seen, but it's good. You know, it, that's the whole point is you're, you're exploring that so that you can be seen and reflect and recognize what in your life you want to change. And then the last core piece of action for embracing your vulnerability is neutralizing your fears. So the first one was wake up your power, open your heart. And the third one is neutralizing your fears. So I feel like, not I feel like, I know, I know that we have been taught to view emotion and vulnerability as weakness. And I can't, I can't bring up vulnerability without recognizing the fact that when we are vulnerable or someone else is vulnerable, we also feel a sense of weakness or shame because that's what society tells us. You know, we have to protect ourselves and make sure that no one can hurt us. And, you know, we don't want to let anyone know the prickly sides of our heart or the the parts of us that um, are still healing, the things that trigger up our emotions. We want to hide those. And what it does is it creates an ever-present fear of sharing too much or too often. And I think that it's it's something that I have become more aware of that the more I share, the less worried I am about it coming off as me being weak or me um, you know, being vulnerable in a negative in a negative way. Because for me, one of the most healthy things I did was recognize that as much as I want to have a deeper life and connect with other people, and that's amazing. And I think that's something that we all deep down want is want that connection with others. That I cannot fully connect with someone else on an incredibly deep level for a continued period of time in a healthy way <laughs> if I don't have a deep connection with myself first. And I recognized that, and I would encourage you to, to have this outlook is that your vulnerability is not for other people. Your vulnerability first is for you. It's so that you can show up and actually be your true self and be authentic. I know authentic is such a buzzword. Um, and if that's not the word that you want to use, because I know that words have power, you know, use a word that feels more true to you. But your vulnerability is really for you to walk through life knowing that you're not hiding behind yourself or hiding behind a version of yourself that society told you that you should be or that your parents told you you should be or you know that mean person in high school thought you were or whatever narrative that you've held on to over time that vulnerability slowly starts to shake off that quicksand and all the different personas or roles that we have filled either out of obligation or because it was easy. And it allows you to walk freely knowing that I am truly myself. I have nothing to apologize for for myself because I am staying open. I am giving pa power to vulnerability I am not afraid of appearing weak because just because someone can't process your vulnerability as strength doesn't mean that you aren't strong. And that's a gift when you can get to the point in your journey where you recognize that 
if your vulnerability makes someone else feel uncomfortable, that actually is something that they are responsible for and they need to work through on their own. And you just keep doing you. You just keep showing up and you just keep being yourself and continuing that journey through vulnerability on your own and recognize that you are doing that for your own development and your own growth. And if that prospers relationships because of it, amazing. I hope that's what happens. But I also think that it really starts from within first. Woo, fam, we did it. That was fun. <laughs> I hope that those those three core action action steps around embracing your vulnerability were helpful and gave you language around, you know, what to look for in conversations with yourself or with others. And as you feel yourself closing down in conversations, just recognize, oh, I need to stay open. I need to not be judgmental of myself or others. I need to um, stay open. I need to make sure that I am being receptive to this moment and to this this opportunity to learn instead of being defensive. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to screenshot your podcast player, jump over to whatever, you know, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, and tag me, Alexis Tykemiller, um, because I'd love to continue this conversation with you on Instagram or Twitter and just continue to stay connected on there. And if you're really feeling crazy (laughs) and you have 60 seconds of your day, it would mean the absolute world to me, especially as we just are launching this new podcast. If you could leave a review, um, that would mean a lot to me. And, you know, I love hearing feedback and would love to hear what you guys think of episode one of Deeper Life. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm very grateful for you. And I hope that this episode allows you to step into your vulnerability and embrace who you are. Also, one last note, I want to dedicate this episode to my late best friend, Abby Ohl, who embraced life head on and she shined so, so, so bright. And she made everyone that she came in contact with feel so seen and so loved. This one's for you, Abs.